Heavenly Father, as we're here this evening, we're not focused on anything else other than that I am here to worship you in spirit and in truth. Whether I am standing alone in the boat with the storms and with the worries of this life, Lord, I know who is in the boat with me. For you are here and you are at peace, sleeping. For God, you command the storms and the waves in my life and in our lives. For you are the creator of all things. You are the beginning, the alpha, and the omega, the end. God, there's nothing to worry in the middle. As long as we have you, we have everything and we have nothing to worry. So God, I pray, Lord, that as we're here on Good Friday service in the year 2022, and as we reflect back upon your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives, we pray, God, that we would open up our hearts and our ears to receive the message and the word that you have in store for us this evening. Lord, we cast aside every distraction, and we choose today not to trust in our emotions or our feelings, but Lord, we look to you in spirit and in truth, and we choose today, and we claim today that you are the Messiah, you are Christ, the King. We thank you, we love you, pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen. God bless you, everyone. Let's take a moment to greet one another at this very moment. The title of today's message is very simple. It is choose. Choose, choose, choose. Can we turn to our neighbor and say choose? Choose today whom you will serve. Today for me, I know what I will choose. I choose Christ and I choose him all day, every second, every minute, every single breath that I take. I choose to live this path that is found in Jesus Christ. The few, the proud, not the Marines, the Christians. Amen? Amen. So the death of Jesus on the cross... Is the most unfair and gruesome death in all of history. The beating of Jesus, the persecution of Jesus, the humiliation of Jesus, and the death of Jesus that we're remembering here today on Good Friday many, many years ago. They killed Jesus. Why did they kill Jesus? They killed him. Because Jesus claimed that he was the Son of God. They killed him because Jesus claimed that all authority in heaven was given to him. They killed him because Jesus claimed that all power in heaven was under his footstool. And for us as Christians, this is the truth, the ultimate truth. For the scripture tells us, it says in Matthew 28, verse 18, if you have your Bible, turn there with me. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then in Revelation chapter 4, where we have studied in our Thursday scripture study, where it says, verse 6 to 11, 
Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. If you read the beginning of chapter 4, it says Jesus was in the center of the throne, and all these four creatures were surrounding Jesus. Jesus was the center of it all. Verse 7, the first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it ties in with Matthew 28. Verse 18, what we just read. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If you continue on, Revelation 4, verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, he's talking about the church. Fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. They killed him because Jesus was the Son of God. And they could not stand the truth, for they were blinded, and they were living in rebellion. But for those who can see the truth, and if you're here today, it means that you understand the true identity of who Jesus Christ is. It's not that he claimed to be the Son of God. He was the Son of God. It's not that Jesus claimed that authority in heaven was under his footstool was given to him, is that all heaven, all authority in heaven is in him because he is the Alpha and the Omega. Let us understand the truth of who Jesus Christ is on this Good Friday. John chapter 8, verse 48 through 59. Jesus The title says, Claims About Himself. Verse 48, the Jews answer him, Are we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? Verse 49, Jesus says this in their response, I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, For there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaim, now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, if I glory myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. 
If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they responded, You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they did not rejoice and worship Jesus in their rebellion. It says they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Nobody understood his true identity. To the world, Jesus made ridiculous claims about his true identity. Those who saw, saw. Those who can hear, heard, and they believed. But those who could not see, they were kept from being seen, from being able to see the truth of Jesus' true identity. And the focus here is verse 58. Very truly I tell you, just answer. Before Abraham was born, I am. Meaning Jesus was here from the beginning, and he has always been here, and he will continue to be here for all of eternity. In this world, we see a lot of crazy things. We hear a lot of crazy stories in the news. A lot of fake teachers, leaders who claim to be the Messiah. There are so many crazies out there with crazy claims about who they think that they are. And the question is, and if you're hearing the message, coming to church and hearing this for the first time, and as a skeptic, you may ask this question, how do I come to trust such a man who claims to be God, a man named Jesus that was written in history? How do we trust such a man? How do we know that he's not just this crazy individual who claimed that he was the Son of God? Atheists will say, Richard Dawkins, an atheist writer, in his book, The God Delusion, it says, the God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. He calls the Bible fiction. Jealous and proud of it, a petty, unjust, unforgiving, control freak, vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser, capriciously malevolent bully, he says. And many atheists follow in that path, and they believe that Jesus is a genocidal maniac who kills infants and humans, innocent human beings. Muslims claim that Jesus was just another prophet. Muslims claim that Jesus was a prophet. Yes, he is in the Quran, but they don't believe that Jesus died and he rose again. That's what keeps them from knowing the truth. The Jews, they're waiting for the Messiah still, but the Messiah is here. It's been prophesied over many times, over and over again throughout the Old Testament, and Jesus fulfilled every single one of the prophecies. For Jesus to fulfill every prophecy, if you were to take coins and stack it high, about three feet high, all throughout the state of Texas, and if you mark one coin with an X, if you were to stir it up, if you were to find 
with your eyes closed in the lock of the drawer, you pick it up and you find that X. That's the odds of Jesus being able to fulfill his prophecy. They say maybe he made it up, but how can you make up your birth or when you are born if it wasn't for God, for God's will and his plan? Muslims proclaim that Jesus never died and rose again, just another prophet. Gnostics claim that salvation is through knowledge. Gnostics, they believe in the spiritual, that Jesus was never physical. He was never a human being. As a spiritual being, he was here. He deceived the people to think that he was a human being. And they say that you are saved through knowledge and not by faith. That the body of Jesus on earth was fake. Meaning there was no need for a sacrifice for sin. If there was no flesh, how can there be a sacrifice, an atonement, a substitute for your sins? Hindus claim that Jesus, he traveled to Asia to learn yogic traditions that he taught his disciples of the way of yoga and taught people in Israel about salvation through the power of consciousness. And I say salvation because in Hinduism, there's no clear path to salvation, just karma. Buddhists claim that Jesus traveled to the monasteries in the Himalayas. Himalayas, where he studied Buddha's path to nirvana. They say all religion is good. All gods, lowercase g, gods are good. Therefore, Jesus is good. And they put Jesus in the same category as other gods. But how dare they compare the lowercase g gods to the God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But here is what we believe, and here is what we know, through faith that Jesus Christ is the King, and he is the Lord. That on this very day, the night that we celebrate, Good Friday, is the day that he died. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. He overcame sin. He overcame death. And because he lives, I too live. And I'm no longer bound by my sins of my past, my death. Everything has been paid for. I am washed clean. My tombstone, there's no longer dead bones. I am alive in Christ. For because of him, we live. And that is why we are here today. And here's what C.S. Lewis says in his book, Mere Christianity. In the book, he says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, meaning Jesus, that is Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That phrase, that Jesus is a good teacher, but... I don't accept that he is God. 
And this is what he has to say about those people who make that claim. That is the one thing we must not say, C.S. Lewis says. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said will not be a great moral teacher. He will either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was, meaning Jesus was and is, the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him out for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. C.S. Lewis is pretty much saying, you need to choose one. Either Jesus was a lunatic a heretic, a crazy individual, or he was the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So what say you? What do you say? You must choose one. You cannot be lukewarm. You cannot be in the middle. You must be hot or cold. Where do you stand? Why are you here today? Why are we here on Good Friday? We are here because Jesus is, Jesus Christ is the King, is the Son of God. Which one is it? Either he's a lunatic or he is the Son of God, the one who died for us, took all of our sins on the cross. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 72 to 18 it says, for this reason, he, meaning Jesus, had to be made like them, who is them, us. It says, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The key line here is, he is the faithful high priest. He had to become human. Going back to the Old Testament with the Holy of Holies, the tabernacle, only the high priest once a year had access to the holy place, the Holy of Holies, where the ark of God was to make atonement for the sins of Israel to sprinkle the blood and through the blood the sins of the people were forgiven this destroys the Gnostics claim that Jesus was not human he was fully God and fully man the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 2 that he is the faithful high priest and he will not die like Abraham Moses or any of the other prophets he will live forever and ever and ever 
and ever. That means wherever we are, whether we're in our rooms, whether we're in our beds, whether we're in the bathroom, wherever we are, whether we're traveling, we're on the bus, we're in the car, wherever we are, we can pray and we know that we have life because of the high priest, the faithful high priest that is found in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, God made him, who is him? Jesus Christ, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And here is the ultimate question. And this is the question that I want to ask you. The question I have for you this evening is, is this. Who was he and who is he? Who is he in your life from here on, on this very day, until tomorrow? Tomorrow is not promised, but for all of eternity, until you take your final breath, who is he in your life? Is he just another lowercase g God that we hear and we compare him to other religion. What we are and who we are is not a religion. It is a personal and faithful relationship that is found in Jesus Christ. This is the cost of your soul for all of eternity. There is no other quote-unquote religion, for it is not religion. There is no other religion or lowercase g gods that can compare to the eternal glory and the everlasting love of our King of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on this earth. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This righteousness of God, it doesn't come from good works. It doesn't come from your own doing or because you are born special or because you are born pretty or beautiful or handsome, how tall you are, how short you are. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with you. For he first loved us, 1 John 4.19. And that is why we are able to love him. Because he made a way for us, we are able to have access to him. It's like the story that I share at missions. When our items our luggage was taken away from us. We had to go pick up the walkie and we got to go through all the lines, the security. And then the line was long and our flight was soon, but this lady with a pass said, come follow me. And she went, she was able to pass the lines, pass the security. And because of that pass of that individual, I was able to pass through and not wait in the lines and was able to get back to the team. That is the righteousness of God. It is through the righteousness of God, it's the righteousness of Christ. That is why we have access here today to be able to celebrate on this very beautiful Good Friday. Yes, it is a sorrowful day, but it is a joyful day. It is called Good Friday for a reason. Because this is the day that Jesus died for our sins. And we know the end of the story. Meaning, wherever you may be in your life, how dark the tunnel may be, there is always resurrection 
in three days. And because Jesus lives, I too, you too, will live. So the question that I asked you, who is he? Who was he? And who will Jesus be in your life starting today, tomorrow, and forever? Many years ago, on this very day, the Jewish leaders thought Jesus was a fake teacher. Let alone the Messiah. They claimed he was blasphemous. They stood against Jesus and they had desire to kill him. They had no faith. Their eyes were blind. Their ears were shut. Their hearts were hardened and were filled with hatred and vengeance towards the living God. Their minds were distracted. And I don't know what your answer will be. But for me, I know where I stand. For me, today, not just today and forever, here's what my answer will be. As Peter declared in Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Peter, in other parts in the gospel, he says in Mark chapter 8, verse 29, Jesus asked the question, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. In Luke 9, verse 20, in this translation, Peter, he responds and he says, God's Messiah. John 6, 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And ending with this, John 11, verse 27. Martha, all the busy Martha, but Martha was able to see the truth of who Jesus was. This is after her brother had died, Lazarus, even in her grieving, even in her tragedy. She says, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. The majority, they were blind. Only the few, they saw. The leaders, they were corrupted. The leaders, they were cowards. Even when they knew that Jesus was innocent, they falsely chose to pin Jesus with this crime. They falsely chose to be in the killing of Jesus. And when given the opportunity to free Jesus, they chose Barabbas. And this individual Barabbas, he was a thief, a murderer, a criminal. And they choose him over Jesus for punishment. The story of Barabbas, if you could all turn with me to your Bible. Let's not look up the screen. Let's just all turn to our own personal Bibles. There are different versions in this Bible of the story. 
is found in Matthew 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, John 18. But I want to focus on Matthew's version. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. Verse 16, at that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas. His name is not Jesus Barabbas. It's other translation, it means Jesus or Barabbas. So don't get that confused. His name is not Jesus Barabbas. Or Jesus who is called the Messiah. Meaning, he's pretty much saying, whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. Verse 19, while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I suffer a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere. But that instead an uproar was starting. He took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered. His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. This story happens exactly according to Isaiah chapter 53. Fulfilling the prophecy. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin. If you can all bow your heads with me at this time. What's amazing here in Matthew 27, what we just read, it fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 53 because you literally see no dialogue in the mouth of Jesus. For he had to die. Fully man, fully God, he had to die to make atonement for sin. 
there needed to be the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate high, faithful high priest who would take your sins and who will bring us in the right path and the right standing before the living God. Life comes down to two simple questions. Two questions I have for you is this, relating back to the title of today's message, Choose. Number one, will you stand for God? Number two, will you stand against God? There are only two options and one choice that you must make. The gospel will become your greatest hope, as I told the people in the nursing home as we went over this Tuesday. Or the gospel will become your greatest threat to your own dreams. Will the gospel become your greatest hope today? Or will you forever live as an enemy of the cross? Will you stand in the path of the crowd, the lost, the proud, the blind? Or will you stand with the few? As Peter declared, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. God's Messiah. Lord, to whom shall we go? You are the words of eternal life. And as Martha declared, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. You don't need to go over the details of the gruesome death of Good Friday, for we went over that many times as a church. But what will you choose this very evening, April 15th of 2022? Who will you follow tomorrow and for all of eternity? Some of you, we have been getting lost in our emotions, and we have lost the meaning, the true foundation of the truth of the gospel. I pray that we would, in humility tonight, that we repent of our sins. I pray that your hearts will be open, your eyes will be open, and your ears will be open to hear the truth of the message of the gospel this very evening. Will you stand for God? Will you stand against God? Will the gospel become your greatest hope? Or will the gospel become your greatest threat? I pray today with all of my heart, God, I pray for all those who are listening here today, that in their respective places, in their individual place, that they will choose to worship you this very evening in spirit and in truth. Lord, we recognize who you are, we know who you are, for we recognize our shepherd's voice. 
and you hear us when we call out to you. So in our respective spots and our places right now, with our right hand on the left side of our chest, our heart representing our life, let's come, we commit our hearts back to the Father. Let's declare not just with our lips, but with our hearts, that Jesus, you are the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are God's Messiah. Lord, to whom shall I go? Where can I go? You have the words of eternal life. Yes, Lord, I believe. I believe with everything that I have, you are the Savior of this world. You are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Can we make that our claim? Can we pray to the living God and declare his name, not just with our lips, but from the bottom of our hearts? Let us all pray together.
stand to our feet and in the place that we are standing right now again I know I'm not a singer I'm not here to lead has nothing to do with who is leading the worship I'm not here to lead us into anything but all together united as one let us just worship and if you could help me Arlie sing loud okay Let's sing, our great creator, Christ Jesus, has saved us from the life we once were in. The Father's will, fulfilled through the path of the cross. That is the reason he came. This hope, this life, his love, that is now entrusted unto each of us. The precious cross, so beautiful and so bright. The path of the cross is a reason we can live. Let's make this our prayer and our worship this evening. Let's sing together. Our great creator, Christ Jesus.
Let us pray together. Lord, thank you for the truth that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And it is for this reason that Jesus had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Heavenly Father, I pray for strength for the individuals who are here in this place. I pray for strength for our church. I pray for strength in our daily walk with you. I pray, God, for wisdom that surpasses all the knowledge of this world and the peace of God that surpasses all the, all the peace, all the other worries and anxieties of this world. I pray we will trust in you and hold on to you every second, every minute, and for the remaining days that we have in this one life, one chance. I pray, God, you remind us once again of what Good Friday means. It means because he lives, I live. Therefore, I will choose today. I choose today to worship you and to follow you for the remaining days that I have here on this earth. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We give you thanks, Lord. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray and God's people pray. Amen and amen. On this good Friday, on this very evening, today and forevermore, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work within you and us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, and God's people pray. Amen and amen.